Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. Okay, wow. So this is what happens when they get across the lake. They uh, come across the lake. And 
on the first read, it's kind of a troubling story. There are some things about this story that, well, why did that happen? He comes across the lake, and they're met. They get off the boat. How are they feeling, by the way, getting off the boat? Some are seasick. Some are get relieved. They've just been out of a storm. How about their clothes? Some of them are probably, probably wet. Some of them might smell like fish. They are so happy to be on land. They get off the boat, and they look up on the hillside, and there are 2,000 pigs up there. Now, these are Jewish people, and the pig is considered an unclean animal, a non-kosher animal. It's not something that they would see on their side of the lake. This is an amazing sight. When there's something illegal in your country, and you go to another country and it's not, it's somehow fascinating to you. I remember I was, grew up in Wisconsin and driving to California with my family on vacation, I noticed that in Nevada there was big fireworks displays. Fireworks are illegal in Wisconsin, but they're legal in Nevada, or at least they were uh, when I was young. Oh, can we stop? Look, let's, let's look at the fireworks displays. You're drawn to the fact that something illegal around you is obviously not illegal here. So they see this huge herd of pigs. There's also something very impressive, I would say significant, about that size of a herd of pigs. If they would have seen 10 pigs, if one family had some pigs, what would they have thought? Well, a family has some pigs. I mean, I, you know, they probably had seen them in the marketplace. But to see 2,000 pigs is, and this is, remember, the God of Israel has stated his law. And agree with it or not, when God has a law, it really, we can say, well, there are health reasons we don't eat pigs, or there are, in those days, there, was, there were some diseases that, diseases that the pigs had. They do have some diseases if, called trichinosis. The trichina worm can live in the pigs. If you don't cook the meat very well, you can get this worm in you. It's, it's, pigs have diseases that other animals don't. And perhaps that was one of the re health reasons that God said not to eat pigs. But we don't exactly know. He has laws that we try to explain away on health reasons, but some of them are just his preferences. If he created the world, he gets to say what he wants. It's like in your house, there are people who would say, you know, we take our shoes off when we walk in our house. So if I go to your house, and one of your rules of your house is to take your shoes off. And I say, well, that's not a rule in my house. I'm keeping my shoes on. 
What's that going to do to our relationship? It says, I don't really respect you and your rules. I don't really care what your rules are. I don't see any reason why I can't wear my shoes because I like to wear my shoes. I do it in my house. There's something about God's laws. We try to find reasons for them, but some of it, it's just a personal preference. He says, this is the way I want you to use your sexuality. I want a man and a woman to marry, and then they can have sexual relations. That's the way I set it up. That's my law. That's, I made it. That's the way it works best. That's the way I want it, he says. Would you do it the way I want it? Most of us say, well, I, I, I don't do that in my house. That's, I want to do what I want to do. I get to treat my body and other people's bodies the way I've seen it done on TV. The point that I'm making is that God's laws don't always have to make sense to us. They don't, we don't, he doesn't have to explain himself to us. He's the creator. He, he made the universe. He gets to say how it runs. And if you want to be my friend, and I say take your shoes off in my house, you will be closer to me if you take your shoes off in my house. If you go through the trouble to respect me and the laws in my house, and we will be friends of God if we go through the trouble to respect his laws and the things that he says he wants done in his house, we will be closer to him. That could be why Peter, James, and John were closer. They might have respected his laws more. I, I don't know. But I do know that my closest friends are the people that do respect my laws. They know that I don't pick up the phone and make phone calls uh, on the Sabbath. They do things that respect who I am. And even if they don't agree with that or follow those customs, they work around it and they, they respect me. So having that many pigs, having that many pigs immediately when you get off the boat is making a statement. We don't think much of the God of Israel over here. Very powerful statement right off the boat. We do not think much of your God on this side of the lake. Just let's get that clear. The other thing a herd that size says you're opportunistic and you're in business, what would you think about a herd of pigs that size? That's a lot of money. Thank you. That's a tremendous amount of money. That's probably the largest herd of pigs they have ever seen. Actually, 2,000 of any animal. Somebody is making a lot of money over there. Probably they have heard rumors that there were big herds of pigs over here. Do you think they had heard rumors about this demoniac who shrieks, who runs among the tombs, cutting himself? And you, when you put chains and shackles on him, he breaks them. Is that the kind of thing that would travel and young boys might hear those stories across the lake? Absolutely. So what are they thinking when this naked man starts running toward them all. Right? It says he ran to them. This guy now 
He is running toward you. You just got off the boat. You're a little seasick, you just said. There's a naked man running toward you, and maybe he's shrieking. I don't know. How, how are you feeling about that? Like, is he going to stop? Is he going to, I mean, what, what is he going to do? What is this crazy man going to do? You know he's a crazy man. And he is full speed running at the 13 of you. Any anxiety in anybody? Any, anyone see the huge herd of pigs? Crazy naked man's running after you. You just, you just arrived. Welcome to the Gadarenes. We're not in Jerusalem anymore. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, have you ever been in a place where when you entered that city, you felt some evil oppression, just sort of like, ooh, something's, something is spiritually out of order here. Maybe it was the billboards. Maybe it was the, the adult stores. There's some, there was a spirit of the place and you said, ooh, there is some evil here. Clearly, clearly, these two incidents are showing us there's an absence of spiritual order in this place. There's something very out of order. And these men are going to see what Jesus is going to do about it. So this man comes, and what does he do? He, of course, is going to find the captain of the boat, attack him, bow down before him. Well, how does this man know? Jesus gets off the boat last. He's in the stern. How does this man know? I'm going to bow down before that man. What is he seeing? And how is he seeing it? Thirteen guys got off the boat. Jesus about 30 years old. By the way, any 30-year-old men here? 29, 30, 31? So go and stand up for us. All the all the third, yeah, I want all the, get a good look at these guys. Right, this is about what Jesus would have looked like at that age. And very good chance the other guys around him maybe have been a, bit, a little bit younger, but they're all getting off the boat, maybe late teens, 20s, 30s. Uh, you guys can sit down. How is it that this naked, crazy man picks out one 30-year-old guy and bows down before him? I mean, the disciples just said, who? Remember, they just said a few minutes ago or an hour ago, who is this that the wind and the waves obey him? There's something that this man sees that the disciples clearly didn't see, and they still don't. There's something he sees. Well, let me ask you, what is it that this man sees? How is it that he knows? Yes. He's demon-possessed. So he's demon-possessed. What is he able to do? He sees yes. He sees a greater power. He sees a light, you said, the light in Christ. He sees, the reason this man comes and throws himself at the feet of Jesus, 
He sees in the spiritual realm. This is, this is way out there. Right? This is way out there. This man sees something so astounding about one 30-year-old guy who got off the boat. Whether it's an aura, whether it's light, whether it's something, he runs to him and he throws himself down at this just an average looking 30 year old guy got off the boat, throws himself down. The spiritual realm, very real, very powerful. Most of us don't see it. We think it's all just flesh and blood, just money, sex, power, just whatever you can get, just materialism. That's what we see. The truth of the matter, and the reason we read the scripture, is because the spiritual realm is more real than the realm you and I are sitting in in this room. It's all around us, and it's so incredibly powerful. And we want to see it. And you want to see it, and I want to see it. And as we pursue these things of God, as we pursue Jesus, as we get to know him, as we get to commune with him, as we get to understand him, we get to see what he's like, and then we get to be what he's like. And when we are like, he, like him, we also have that spiritual power and light around us. And the demonic realm can see it. I just want you to sit with that a moment now. The spiritual realm is very real. The demonic realm is in the spiritual realm. And if you can see it, and maybe right now you could ask the Lord, Lord, I want to see in the spiritual realm. Open my eyes to see. The disciples are in a boat with Jesus, and they could not see what this naked, crazy, demonized man could see immediately. We want to be seeing him, and we want to be seeing him and other people. Open my eyes. Let's just pray that. Lord, open my eyes. I want to be like you, and I want to see in the spiritual realm. Open the eyes of my heart. That's the way the Bible says it. It's the eyes of your heart that actually see. Often your, your vision, your physical eyes will fool you, but the eyes of your heart, you will sense what is really him and what is not. And you do not want to be deceived. You want to be drawn toward his light and nobody else's. Let's spend a moment and just ask the Lord. Let's just, just ask. He loves that request. Jesus, I want to see you in other people. And I want to see you in myself. I want to see you in the scriptures. I want to see you in the sermons. I want to see you in your creation. I want to hear your voice. I want to sense that it's you. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me.